Hello, and welcome to another episode of First Issue Club, the weekly podcast where we cover the week's number one issues and help you through the muddy and murky waters of the comic book landscape. Budget King, what are we covering this week? This week, we got Terrifics, number one, out on DC. Then we got Lockjaw, out on Marvel, number one. And finally, we got The Beef, out on Image, number one. The Beef. The beef. <laughs> the beef. Is that how you spell beef? Yeah. Wait, what? B-E-E-F? <laughs> you yes. don't spell B-E-A-F? No. Beef. I was confused as to why you spelled it that way. <laughs> well, it didn't autocorrect it. <laughs> That's so. a real thing somewhere? Shia Beef. Beef stick. I'm not a smart man. <laughs> All right, guys. No, I don't want to say guys. I don't want to genderize you guys. Who? Do we have in the club today? And because the beef deals with some bullies, I'd love everybody to just shout out somebody that they wronged. Just to put it out into the to the ether. <laughs> so on the count of three, I want you to say a name recorded on this podcast of somebody that you wronged. Or an organization or uh an <laughs> taking it taking it big. One, two We're saying it all at the same time? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One, two, you ready, Kaylee? Yeah. Is okay. no one else going to say anything? Okay. Yeah, I'm going to, I got one. Okay, one, two, three. The, the Midnight Janitor wow. at Hy-Vee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That... What did you do? Uh, so we went to Hy-Vee, which is a grocery store, late at night, and we got donuts, and we were walking around eating donuts. Was this Brad? And no, it wasn't. Oh. And uh, the midnight janitor came around, and he—you could tell he was like an old rockabilly guy because he had like mutton chops and like a wallet chain and really thick soled cowboy boots on. And he goes, uh, "Let's make sure we pay for those donuts, fellas." <laughs> and we all said, "Okay," and we just left the store. Yes. <laughs> and I had a free long john, courtesy this, of Hy-Vee. Uh the idea of everybody saying it at once was a bad idea because I want to now hear what everybody <laughs> said. I kind of thought we would just say it and not explain it again. But, Mike, what did you say? Uh, oh, I said my buddy Adam from junior high. Uh, I, I called him out for doing push-ups too much, and it made him muscly. And then later he was like, why did you make fun of me for having muscles? Aww. And I felt bad. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, Caitlin? Mine was Drew. I don't remember. I think his last name was Forrester. Um, I kicked him in the stomach and made him throw up at recess. This was in elementary school. And I got sent to the principal's office. I can't remember why why I did it, but this was kind of a a regular thing for me (laughs) in elementary for a while. Who would you say? I said the International House of Prayer because I've seen I've said some mean things about those people, and then I realized like being in a religion is just a version of being a weirdo. Like they don't need to be made fun of more than other people. Yeah, uh, yeah, they do. Do they? I know they may have may or may not have committed a murder. Yeah. Um. So that's weird. and brainwashing. I yeah. think that's when religion is yeah, not religion that's too anymore. Much. So and I need, it's to, I need, brainwashing. I need a new one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean you can wrong them. Like just put them in, in yeah. the list. That's yeah. a good kind of wrong. That's, okay. that's, that's, that's did, the right kind I did of wrong. wrong. Oh, we weren't writing our wrongs. We were just admitting them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good. We're not attempting to heal right now. <laughs> no. Good. This is all cathartic. Cool. 
Let's get this podcast started. First up, we got The Terrifics out on DC number one by Lemire and Reyes. Once I was told that his name was pronounced Lemire, that person's an idiot. And in a comic book store in Columbia, Missouri, and if you're listening to this, know that you're an idiot. I'm calling you out right now. Jeff Lemire is a fan favorite of this podcast. However, Jeffrey, you done fucked up. You made, you made a DC book that if you are a DC fan, a huge DC fan, like for uh, 40 years, you're going to love this book. But if you're new to DC, which, spoiler alert, we are covering all of the Dark Knight's new heroes that they're doing, and we're going to do something special and rank them after we're all done with this uh, process. If you're, if you're new to the DC and you're checking out all these new heroes and you dipped into the Terrifics, this book might have been a bit confusing to you. We have a new superhero uh, formation formed from Mr. Terrific, Metamorpho, Plastic Man, and Phantom Girl. Through a series of unfortunate events, or one unfortunate event, they are thrusted into the dark multiverse in DC. Essentially, the story is they got to get out of there. Along the way, they find out that Tom Strong is indeed dead. You guys unfazed by that? That's because you probably don't know who Tom Strong is. (laughs) Tom Strong was a uh, Alan Moore character didn't do anything for me. I felt like it was the same end of that Avengers book we read where they were creating a fake uh, hero again. Oh, yeah. Voyager? (laughs) Yeah, Voyager. (laughs) Um, Anyway, the superhero team has a bunch of yucks in the dark dark multiverse. They're fighting a bunch of different things, and they're going to get out and and also discover Tom Strong's path. That is is what we get in the first issue of the Terrifics. They're called the Terrifics because there is Mr. Terrific, I'm gonna quiz you guys real quick. We have a bunch. We have a bunch of uh, misfits in this superhero club that are mostly B characters. Would you say they're B DC characters? Yes. None of them are A. Yeah, I kind of ripped on it in the intro, which we don't normally do. But any uh, any takes on Terrifics that would make this uh, redeem it in some ways? I it pains me to to be negative on a Jeff Lemire book. I literally love that man. So basically, okay. So in the in this book, they come across this villain who opened up the other dimension, and he's just like, I need help because I can't close it now. <laughs> so that's the crux of this issue. Just right. Mr. Terrific responds to this distress call of... Uh, I, you know, I, uh, yeah, he's not really a bad guy. He's just a guy who made an oopsie. And his daughter, Sapphire, which why would you name your daughter <laughs> Sapphire? Man. Yeah, I, Mr. I'm Terri- more of an emerald. Mr. Terrific <laughs> is such an annoying name. It's He's, almost like Mr. Fantastic. It's <laughs> a very similar to Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> but Mr. Fantastic doesn't have an ego. No. He's so cringy. Yeah, let's let's dive in a little more to how much of a knock off of <sighs> Fantastic Four this is. One, the leader is called Mr. Terrific. We already mentioned. Boom. Two, there's a woman whose only power is to turn invisible and kind of float around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Sounds familiar. There's a guy who can stretch... Limitlessly. Mm-hmm. There is a person who, through not his own choosing, can only be hard structures and elements. <laughs> yeah, can't take a true human form, yep. right? Like Mo- the thing. Mostly takes the form of rocks. And there's a really super smart leader that can invent things. Mm-hmm. Does this sound familiar? <laughs> is this comic a joke? 
if it is, I love it then. If that if that is the case, which was not really apparent. Mm-mm. Do you think J- DC ripped all the jokes out of here? I think this is a joke on Fantastic Four because they end up on the giant corpse of a monster that looks just like Galactus. Yeah. Another I, huge, like the even the headpiece here looks totally. just like a, like a dead Galactus, mm-hmm. which is a huge Fantastic Four character. Metamorpho was originally created to comment on the Fantastic Four, so there has to be this obvious linkage there. Well, if it was going to be like a lampoon of the Fantastic Four, don't you think they'd make it a little more obvious? Or if they're just going so meta, they don't even want you to know it's a joke. Like, Jeff Lemire's just like, I'll show them fuckers. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. That would be the only way to read this as that. Like, if you weren't supposed to know, but you somehow stumbled upon that this would be. If that's the joke, if if it's like, he's actually going to make a good superhero book out of, like, a bad joke of DC bad characters, (laughs) this this book is brilliant. And every time I read a Marvel book, I think, man, all this needs is more nth metal to be good. <laughs> and this is Fantastic Four with nth metal in a dark multiverse, yep. which is everything I've ever wanted. <sighs> yeah. So we talked about this in Damage, how Damage is just the Hulk. Uh, we talked about how Sideways was just... Oh, kind of like Spider-Man. Right. L- like Miles Morales, a young man mm-hmm. gets powers. So do you think... Since this is one of DC's forays into multiple universes, which Marvel is completely famous for doing way too many multiple universe type things, is the whole thing a gag on Marvel? That might like, actually be from true. Start to yeah, finish, they might, they, and it is in like the multiverse. So maybe they just are in a bad version of Marvel. Like obviously, if you're a Dark Knights fan of the things that's that's going on in Batman and the main storyline of this whole nth metal dark universe thing, that story holds its own merits. Mm-hmm. But if you took an elevator view of what's going on here, it kind of just seems like one big joke on Marvel Comics. I think they're just trying to see what sticks. But what what if they're literally dumping thousands or millions of dollars into just making fun of Marvel, kind of? Them. That's the long con, <laughs> and I applaud them for that. That's the long con I want. I hope that we uncovered it here on this podcast. We would. You hear to hear fro. Whoop! That was a stroke I just had. <laughs> we heard, you heard you hear. You heard it here first, folks. We would be million. You have to understand if we broke that here, we would be millionaires. Unless we got ripped off by somebody else. <laughs> if you're a comic book fan and you read the Terrifics and didn't think of the Fantastic Four, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Come on. There's no revelation there. Look at this thing. And now we have Lockjaw number one by Kibble Smith and Villas. Now, before I continue, Daniel Kibblesmith for the group, do you know who he is? No. He is the co-creator of the website ClickHole. What? Are you kidding me? That I am not kidding you. makes so much sense. That is why this book is so fucking hilarious. Oh, God. This is so, this is golden. This, for me, this book was the surprise hit. Yeah. Of the week. I was expecting to throw this book in the garbage. <laughs> because uh, uh, how can you make a book about the Inhumans' pet? 
<laughs> with a tuning fork on his head. I thought I mean, it was just going to be a teleporting a, dog. You know what? I get that. And I, <laughs> I love dogs. I love dog-oriented stories. You uh, have a long history of love love for dogs. I'm a, I'm a dog advocate. I used to rescue dogs and nurse them back to health. This is not a joke. I used to keep them in my basement and adopt them out. I am a huge dog advocate. You're I dog also advocate. I'm a dog advocate. I love other animals, but dogs really uh, connect with me on a personal level. So... As much as I wanted to love this book, I I was trepidatious at the beginning, <laughs> but once I read this, I was just knocked on my butt about how funny this book was. This is going to be really scattered because this every page of this is noteworthy. <laughs> so we open up on a uh, monologue uh, that we find out is Medusa basically just trying to seduce Black Bolt in the bed that they're laying on, and Lockjaw is just in the room, like most animals are when sex is about to happen, <laughs> just staring off into space or staring at you while you're getting busy. If Black Bolt has an orgasm, he probably just destroys an entire planet, right? <laughs> Unless he, if he says something. Yeah. If you don't know Black Bolt's powers, he, him speaking just, like, destroys everything around. Yeah, which is an interesting concept. Yeah. Hard to kind of... Uh, communicate, communicate to readers. Uh, especially via television. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yes, this is a good point. The show was not so hot. It was uh, not great. <laughs> so basically, here's the, here's the gist of what this book is about. Lockjaw gets a distress signal from some of his younger pup brothers and sisters. They're in peril. So he teleports through his tuning fork teleportation to go say, uh, to go save them. We meet an unlikely character that we haven't seen in a long time in this book, Demolition Man. Now, Demolition Man is from a 1980s, 1990s comic book. He looks like Wolverine yeah. and Yellow Daredevil mixed together. His life partner, Chris, are no longer together. He's kind of living in the slums. He's lost his demolition powers, and he's kind of just a superhero, superhero on the skids, if you will. He uh, encounters... Lockjaw in front of his apartment and is attacked by I think gerbils and spaceships. Yep. And uh, oh my god, their call hamsters? signs. Is there a difference between hamsters and gerbils? I don't know, but I so. loved their call signs. One was like cutie beans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and uh, the 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 kind of homophobic neighbor that demolition uh, microaggressions. Man has. Yes, galore. You're not one of those scary gays that I see Damn on cable. <laughs> you guys are such nice gays. Um. I took a screenshot of one of the panels that says, what gay voodoo is this? Yes. <laughs> yes. I thought that was great. Um, I sent that to a couple of our friends who are really into comic books, and they thought it was super funny. I also but, like um, the like mini commentaries as the book goes along where he's like trying to get a ride, and he's like, which app is the less evil one now? Yes. Yeah. Like just subtle mm-hmm. so little true, peppering yeah. to make it. Modern without having to having the the Rugrats fiasco, you know, <laughs> like you're setting the stage, but in a very relatable way. Yeah, I thought Demolition Man, I really connected with as a character, kind of a uh, a hot shot that is not hot no more, <laughs> and just the unbridled love that Lockjaw has, and just the uh, the affection that he has for people. And oh, and at the very end, uh, Demolition Man and uh, Lockjaw teleport together into 
a forbidden land, and Kazar's there. Yep. Now, in the last four or five Marvel books that we've covered, yes. Kazar's like in two of them. Yeah. So I'm wondering what they're what they're uh, gearing up Kazar for. That's a really good point. So I thought this book. Maybe they're the new. Mm. They're the new duo. And Lockjaw's just going to be there. Yeah, well, Demolition Man did catch some feelings when he saw Kazar, <laughs> so. So why were they experimenting on dogs? That and was isn't something. isn't that terrible? I, I actually didn't know that about Lockjaw's history, that the Inhumans were experimenting on dogs for whatever reason. Because Lockjaw then, isn't the size of a normal bulldog. He's like the size of a car. medium-sized horse. Yeah, yeah, he's like a hippo. Yeah, he's exactly. He's like a hippo. Uh, so I don't know why they were really experimenting, just because they're... Shit asses. Well, yeah, wait, like did they, they don't did the experimentation make him like a hippo? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, they gave him the tuning fork teleportation, the mustache. And I had thought that maybe this was a person because Same. I think the only yeah. people that go through or the only characters that go through Terra Genesis, which makes you an right. inhuman, are people classically. So I just assumed this person morphed into this dog thing, especially since it had like a mustache and human yeah. teeth. Yeah. Well, that's the dream, really. <laughs> 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 if I could go through Terragenesis and become a dog, that would be <laughs> one big, fantastic. One big pupper. Um, so D-Man, Demolition Man, is uh, a hero who needs some redemption, which is something that you see a lot more often in Marvel books, is kind of the washed-up hero mm-hmm. that needs another uh, another chance to do good. Um, and... I'm liking that kind of, even though it's becoming a little bit of a trope for them, I'm really digging that, getting the opportunity to see a character, a new voice. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you kind of get tired of reading the same Spider-Man, Captain America, back and forth with life issues they have. Was he always gay? I don't think so. I I don't know. No, um, I was reading something that said about three, two, three years ago was when that has changed. Really? (laughs) One thing I, I, I appreciate that these uh, publishers are going back and making their characters more diverse. And it's especially popular, uh, uh, important to do it with popular characters and not just these, like, I feel like publishers first started dipping their toes in by getting the most obscure yep. D-list <laughs> characters yeah. and being like, let's yeah. make this character gay and see how it goes. And then you never see that character ever again. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Marvel made Hulk Asian, uh, Thor a woman, Captain America black. Exactly. So they've been gradually picking it up and diversifying their characters, which I appreciate. They just, they tiptoed into it. It took a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, now they're reverting back to normal. (laughs) Because they're, if you haven't heard, they're redoing another goddamn event. Yeah. Which really sucks. And I think we might, we might break format and cover that. Mm Mm-hmm. I could um, talk about I've that been, for an I've hour. I've been pitching you guys on that. Oh, uh, yeah. You know what sucks about this is I'm not a huge... I love... I like Marvel, I guess. But, like, since doing this podcast, I've been like, damn. I've been missing out on Marvel. Like, Marvel is really doing some great stuff. Mm-hmm. I've been really impressed with them. Um, but... I had a great conversation with the guy at the comic shop the other day. And we were talking about how comics rehash the same few stories over and over and over again. So many stories have already been told. We all know that. The thing that changes is the voice through which the stories are told. And Marvel is so good at taking a character, giving that character a unique voice, and focusing solely in on 
the personal side of a character mm. rather than throwing everyone into these big grandiose stories with, you know, the world's going to blow up type stakes. Right. I don't want that all the time in my superhero comics. That's stale now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you saw that in the Black Panther movie. Yep. It's the, that was the first Marvel movie that really didn't focus on world domination. Mm-hmm. It was a character-driven story, which kind of turned the whole thing on its head. And that's why uh, one of the reasons it's doing so phenomenally, Yep, in my opinion. Um, well, congratulations, Marvel. You uh, <laughs> you don't need any more money or any more love, but you have our praise right now. Yeah. So I'm, um, I'm, I'm really excited to see where this goes. To be one hundred percent honest, it says at edit? least four or, issues. No, no, no. This book, oh. yeah, it just said at least four issues, and I'm thinking they need to do more. Did it say at least, or did yeah, it say one at of least? Four? Well, not one of four. Oh, but it just said at least four more issues. That's interesting. Yeah, that's kind of a funny word choice. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think this happens a lot with these books: is they get signed on for a story arc, uh-huh. and if it sells well enough, they do more. Yeah. Give us more. I know. Give I I want more. more than four. If they keep this author, that. I hope he does other Marvel titles. The the sure. the clickhole uh, author. Yep, oh, man. that'd so be good. great. I love in his writer's notes where he's like, "Send us your dog photos," or "What are we even doing here?" <laughs> he just really yeah. did this book so he could get people to send them pictures of their dogs. Now we have The Beef out on Image, words and art by Starking, Shaneline, and Kane. Meet Chuck. He is a mild-mannered meat factory worker who is a little in love with a strawberry picker named Mary Lynn. But everything changes when Mary Lynn falls victim to the Vodino brothers, who, in my opinion, cannot get killed soon enough (laughs) in this book. When I saw the title and the the cover, which I have the cover that's, I don't know if there was another one, but it's a can of beef, mm-hmm. and it's being opened, and it's got art from inside the book, and it's wonderful. But I thought of that documentary series, Beef, where they like go like get to the bottom of all these wrappers and the beef they have with each other. It's not that, so if you were thinking that, it's not. But it does follow Chuck, and it has little like notes of commentary on the food processing industry. But it also does this cool thing with time and pacing where it keeps going back and forth now and then um, to when Chuck was a youngster and the Vodino brothers were um, still terrorizing, um, being kind of just the same as they grow up. They don't get any better. And they add sexual harassment of ladies in the town to their list of wonderful traits. Um, this book was pretty cringeworthy, a lot of it, in, for in, me. Yeah. In, in a good way. Yeah. Well, cringeworthy in that, like, you really feel for the main character because he's just constantly getting shit on. Yeah, and you feel for cows. Yeah, you do <laughs> feel a lot. for cows. For sure. You feel for the uh, Mary Lynn mm-hmm. character. Oh, yeah. And there, her mom and her dad, oh, like... There's going to be some massive justice extracted in the rest mm-hmm. of this you would hope so. There's no two characters have had it coming more than than these kids. Man, I, and I your honest, grandpa. I honestly believe that. that. Every single page devoted to this comic book up until the last page is about how shitty these two people are. In particular. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, it, and it even goes through, like, they're shitty as kids, they're shitty as adults. And then the last page of this book is uh, Chuck Carter. You find out that his love for beef 
now manifests in he is like... He's been consuming excitotoxins. Yep. And he becomes inside out Hulk. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's perfect. That's you can 100% You see all of his right. muscles and his... Yeah. The, the cover suggests that he might be a man about town... <laughs> Who yeah. is now just inside out and disgusting, <laughs> which I kind of like. Yeah. I think Shake, Shaky Kane's books typically have this weird Twilight Zone kind of twist. Mm-hmm. The and, disgusting man about town. And I almost wonder if it goes on and he doesn't exact revenge, and now he's just more disgusting and humiliated. It, well, that would make sense because there's no, there's absolutely no revenge in this book, in this first issue. Yeah, I hope and, it's coming. And so you have to expect it, and it would just be, kind of be a nice plot twist for them to be like, well, no. They are also grandsons of old man Vodino, I guess, and he's he's the one who owns the meat factory. Yeah. And employs all of the lovely tactics of shooting, bl- like, bolts into cows' brains Ugh. to stun them. But leave their hearts beating so you can still... I didn't know that. that that's produce what, that's and process. It's like that uh, weapon in uh, No Country for Old Men. It's the exact same weapon. Mm-hmm. Yes. It is not, yes, they're not like. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, it's a verse, versatile weapon. You can blow out doorknobs. You can blow out someone's brains. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that movie. It's not Gr- bad. Uh, great is what... It's very yellow. <laughs> Is the color yellow? <laughs> got a the whole movie hue. has like a hue oh, really? of yellow. Yeah. <laughs> you know there's no soundtrack in that movie? Is that right? Interesting. Yes. Yeah, drop some knowledge on you. <laughs> Biatch. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm going to make a commentary right here. Yeah. I wish Image would stop doing five or six part stories recently. I, I have to wholeheartedly agree with you. It's so cheap. Because that what they're doing, they're doing two things. One, comic books aren't really meant to be like that because then people are just going to wait for the trade. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, the same thing I said just then. The two things. Yeah. <laughs> Double up on the first. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Do you really? I normally hang around books for like a story arc mm-hmm. and then they've said all they need to say mm-hmm. and then they trail off into nothing because that's as far as the writer had planned ahead. And the book has nowhere to go. How many books do you stay with to, like, issue 15 even? Um, many? I, I have very few. Saga, East of West. But I feel like those, those were... Those are two of the biggest comic books. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> I like Paper Girls is beyond that for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, true. that's a good book. But it, Brian K. Vaughn, again, yeah. one of the best comic book you know writers what? right now. Most of my comic books that I've stayed with past 15 are Jeff Lemire books. Yeah? Is that yeah. right? Um... This gives a chance for a lot more weird artists and weird storytellers to be published and tell yeah. their story. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. The one thing I don't like about it is them coming back like Infinite Loop and being like, part two. Number yeah, one. But, yeah, yeah, number one. And then one. you think you're buying something new and it's just like, what would have been issue six? Right. That's annoying. Yeah. 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 That's really annoying. Yeah. I don't like the idea. Bring it back if it's popular enough, but start it at the number it's supposed to right. start at. Don't yeah. tell me it's a new book. There are plenty of books, too, to this credit. That no one would give a chance to if it was just number six, even though it might be a wonderful jumping on point for new fans. Mm. Like we read Infinite Loop Part 2, number one, and it was a great book. Right. I wouldn't have read that if it like took a six months hiatus and came back at like number number, seven. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I do feel like besides us, you're tricking somebody into buying a book. Yeah. 
But you're right. It and here's this is what I love about Valiant is when they do this, they they make a concerted effort to try and make it um super accessible every yeah, time. Yeah. Yeah. Like self-contained? Yeah. And they, they don't do a lot of like what Terrifics did where it's like all this explaining of this other stuff that happened and using like characters that you don't know about. They'd kind of just say, you know, this is a character that exists and they're doing this thing now. Mm-hmm. If you have to have a comic that has to have like little paragraphs in the bottom of a panel that says, hey, if you don't understand what's happening here, go read these three comics and that'll explain this last paragraph. <laughs> that makes your comic book completely inaccessible to me. Right. I, it, yeah. It, it does reward the behavior, I guess, of reading every DC book if you're that person that does that. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of those people. Well, <laughs> you know, I, I can't tell if you're joking. No, I'm not at yeah, all. No, the I think the majority of the guys who go to my comic shop are DC Weekly. That's they have to be dropping like 200 bucks a week, though. They probably have comics that they've been reading on a regular basis since they were like kids. Yeah, I've recently been like looking at people's pulls as they're in line. Mm-hmm. It's it's mostly DC. People read mostly DC comics. It's I crazy. Think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we love DC and we love you. Thanks for listening <laughs> to the podcast. I don't think anyone who's stuck with us for this long if they is yeah. going to be is going to be fooled by that. That's a good point actually. <laughs> I I don't hate DC. I mean, I think that in some ways uh I owe who I am to the first Batman movie. And uh <laughs> so thanks for that, DC. <laughs> is it because of your posture? <laughs> You uh, never really turn your neck. You just kind of <laughs> <laughs> shift your whole body. Um, no, I just, I kind of related with that version of the Joker more. Uh, okay. Jack Nichols. Yeah. He's just like goofy and, but also he has like. Crazed? Yeah. Hmm. Um, Do you think DC fans see Marvel as more of children books? They, I think they hate the humor. That that would be my stereotype of a DC fan. We should have, uh, yeah, a Marvel fanatic and a DC fanatic on the show. And oh just no! Have them explain <laughs> themselves. <laughs> explain yourself. <laughs> well, explain. The, here's what's gonna happen. That would actually be an amazing episode. It what would happen is that the DC fan would attack the Marvel Universe fan for things that are true about Marvel Universe and vice versa, mm-hmm. and you'd be like. Yeah, that's what I like about these comics. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're just you're just reinforcing yeah. each side's they're, beliefs. Don't, they're both don't you com- think they're com- they're different things. I kind of feel though they're I, two of the most p- popular comic book publishers. They're two uniquely different things. I I kind of feel like they both would just say things like it's what I've always read or it's what my dad read. I remember I remember the story when my da- when my dad gave me this. Explaining politics right now. <laughs> That's yeah. actually so <laughs> I don't, scarily true. <laughs> I mean, I don't know which one is DC, which one is Marvel, but it sounds eerily similar. I think it's safe to say that Marvel's a liberal. Yeah. DC's definitely the GOP alt-right. <laughs> Let's not go that far. <laughs> Batman's definitely a Republican. <laughs> he's at least a centrist. Yeah, he's a neo He's a he, Yeah, he's a centrist and or libertarian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think Superman is? Superman's fucking flaming liberal. <laughs> No, no. Born, born and raised in. Uh, He's an Kansas. immigrant. He's an immigrant that came to this world. He's okay. unloved because of that, and he wants to help the downtrodden. 
And he can shoot lasers out of his eyes. He spent the first... Why would that make him liberal? Every liberal can shoot lasers. <laughs> Little known fact. He spent the first 500 issues of Action Comics saving exclusively white people. We've covered this. <laughs> yes, covered that is this. true. Le- Lex Luthor is like Trump, and he fights mm-hmm. in- Wait, incessantly against... He did that for how many issues? 500? <laughs> And America's sweetheart can't do it for one issue without without getting the news <laughs> exactly. turned on. Yeah. Oh, did you guys see they're doing another arc? I did. Did yeah. you really? I didn't hear that. Well, I just saw. Black it. AF I, I just is saw an, another book. Yeah, I just saw an ad in the end of uh, Black Mask. Oh mm-hmm. hell yeah! I'm excited about that. We got to end this podcast, or we're going to be spending a million bucks. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, this has been another edition of the First Issue Club podcast, and per usual. We don't take your ears or your time for granted. So thank you so much for listening and coming on this adventure with us. If you're having a bad day, if you had something go wrong in your life, if you don't like yourself, grab yourself a comic book, and that's going to be the magic pill that solves all of your problems just like it has for us. Uh, Right? And Uh, if it doesn't help, seek professional help. (laughs) That's exactly right. Yep, do that too. Um, So in that vein... This is uh, First Issue Club. We are the proud member of the Fountain City Frequency of Podcasts. Our music is by Primary Color Music. Our editor is Matthew Hodepian. Hodesepishual. And uh, (laughs) what's the other thing we say? Oh, we're recorded in KCR Studios. We are recorded in KCR Studios. We are recorded in KCR (laughs) Studios. We are recorded in KCR Studios. This again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, rate and review us on iTunes with a five star rating. Yep, or I would take a four. We would take four. We'd appreciate five, but we'll take four. Yeah, I get that. Sometimes, in some people's opinions, we may be doing a four star podcast. There's a lot. I mean, uh, they may be listening <laughs> to like WTF or. Uh, uh, we were actually going to name this podcast Radio Lab Presents po- uh, Comic. Books. Yeah, we did think about that. <laughs> a lot more people would have found it. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. I mean, give us some grace here. We're still <laughs> learning. <laughs> yeah, we have jobs, mm-hmm. busy lives. You know what? Find another podcast that's made it past twenty issues and tell them to lick my fat ass. <laughs> Up mm. and down. You heard him. You heard him, folks. <laughs> All right, uh, it's time to say goodbye. This makes every time we do this, I tear up a little bit. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> is this part of your goodbye? That, yeah, that's it. And that's Budget King, and I'm crying. <laughs> this is Greg Lichtai signing off. This is Caitlin Morosik, and I'll show myself out. I've been Mike, and I want to talk about me. want to talk about I. want to talk about me, my, my, me, oh, me, mo. And say goodbye. Bye. Bye.